You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, uh, going to dive into some free agent stuff today, Andy, looking at their their own guys. We're going to talk about THT. We might try to get into some uh, gimmickry that the NBA is doing to try to look at dredging back up to try to make a little bit more money for them. You and I both, Brian, love a good gimmick, but this one might be a little too ridiculous I, for I mean, one of me, us. I, I, there are very few people, I think, in the world who enjoy gimmicks more than me. Oh, yeah. No, I am very pro-gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, particularly when it comes to food. We could do a whole episode on that and might have to, uh, given the length of the offseason, uh, my my love uh, for gimmicky foods. Um, but let's start with this. So I, uh, I will actually tell people first that uh, Locked on Lakers today brought to you by uh, Spotify Greenroom. Download the app. And join us at a special time this week, 11 a.m. Pacific. Again, 11 a.m. Pacific uh, to get in on the action, Spotify Green Room. So um, I did the Lakers TV station studio show on Monday night. And um, something that both of us uh, relatively frequently appear on if you're in L.A. And you can check that out. They asked me the question, um, rank like looking at the Lakers they listed all the Lakers free agents from you know Andre Drummond to Ben McLemore to Wes Matthews to Markeith Morris and whatever and and I had to say my top three the the three that I thought were the most important to re-sign um I think we can all agree that the answer is some combination of Alex Caruso Taylor Horton Tucker and Dennis Schroeder like that, I think is the correct answer of people. Here's the order that I put them in, uh, in terms of priority. And I was thinking just about next year, right? THT number three, Alex Caruso number two, Dennis Schroeder number one. Did I do it correctly? I would actually put Caruso ahead of Schroeder. I I think the best argument. Interesting. So you would make Schroeder, you would make Caruso the top priority for the Lakers. To, to get back. Yes. That's interesting. Explain. I think Caruso is the best fit of the three, and I think mm-hmm. he has consistently proven himself to be the most important in terms of his defensive versatility, the way that he fits so incredibly well, not just with LeBron, but with LeBron and AD. He is really good with both of those guys, and the things that he does in terms of allowing – what they are elite at defensively continue, I I think is extremely important for the Lakers. Um, in some ways, I think Schroeder becomes just as important when you start thinking about the price point, and you know, and all of these things obviously matter. But when you think sure. about the price point, and you also think about the draft capital that they gave up with Danny Green deal in order to bring Schroeder in there, and how little draft capital they have because of everything they gave up in the Anthony Davis deal. That, and that all the things that they're going to give up to get Lillard. I mean, you right. have to well, factor that in too. Well, no, actually, it's not going to be that much. They don't have anything. So <laughs> they're, they're going to actually manage to get Damian Lillard in what is essentially a salary dump, which will be, by the way, guarantee Rob Palinka wins 
GM of the exec of the year that year. I don't care how much resentment there is. No, that's a pretty sweet move. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, by that's the way, what I love about all of these hypothetical trades when people say like, who says no? I mean, the answer is never the Lakers. No. <laughs> so who's it? Not the Lakers. It's no, a great deal no. for the Lakers. Oh, oh, no, no, no. On Twitter, everybody suggests incredible deals for the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, speaking about Schroeder, though, and you know the the price point for him moving forward and you know the, the way the Lakers are in some ways boxed in with the guy because they're going to have no real ability to replace him right. outside of internal yeah. improvement right. from exactly. Russo or THT. Uh, there was a report today from TalkBasketball.net, which I did not realize existed um, until this day. Dennis Schroeder, as it turns out, wants Der Tasche, which is German for the bag. Um, I'm reading, Dennis Schroeder will test free agency as an unrestricted free agent after his four-year contract expires this summer. Earlier this season, he turned on an $84 million offer from the Los Angeles Lakers. According to Armin Andres, vice president of German Basketball Federation, DBB, the point guard is expecting a deal in the range of 100 to 120 million. Andres mentioned this fact as it is the reason why Schroeder is not representing Germany this summer as the burden of ensuring his future contract of that value is too big on DBB. Quote, Dennis Schroeder has communicated this clearly. He wants 100, 120 million, which he will probably also get. And this sum ensured that he we cannot, cannot. We cannot insure him for that much money. <laughs> it is too much of the monies for us to insure him at that price point. It's as insured. if you've been transported to Berlin. Yeah, it really is. It, okay, I, but like, let's, let's, let's. By the way, um, yes. what's, what's German for F out of here? <laughs> like, I don't know. 100, 120 million F out of here. What's man. the bag in German? Der Tasche. I also want Der Tasche. Um, whether, but they, let's let's actually let's stick on that for a second because the point that you're making about Schroeder and the ability to replace him uh, is why I actually put him above the other two. Um, so let's and we'll we'll get to THT in a season of the deep dive as well. But let's do you know stick on this and talk about Schroeder next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Spotify Greenroom, the first social audio platform made for sports fans. This app is free to download once you're in. You can talk with me, Brian, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Obviously, in this case, the Lakers. We will be hosting rooms for Locked on Lakers once a week. It's always on Fridays, but this week it's going to be a special time, 11 a.m., Pacific, you can join in the conversation that you listen to here every day. Spotify Greenroom, the perfect place to start or join conversations about the NBA. You'll find fans just like you on Spotify Greenroom for parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to big news rumors. Go and download the free Spotify Greenroom app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, join the group for the latest league updates. Follow us at Cam Brothers to be notified when the room goes live. It's always under a. Kamenetsky, again, this week's special time on Friday, 11 a.m. Pacific time. We want to hear everybody's thoughts. The room has been awesome. People chiming in. It's really, really fun. So again, Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Yes, this week we'll be talking a lot about Der Tasche. Der Tasche. Um, but here's here's why I put Schroeder at the top of this list. And we'll, we can kind of, we're going to talk about THD in a lot of depth anyway, so we'll get there. Um and you talk about the money and 120. I don't know if he's going to get 100 between 100 and 120 million. The answer is no if you don't ask. <laughs> I mean, go out there and try to get it and see what people give you. But I do think it's almost certain that he's going to get more money than 
at least Laker fans are comfortable with and probably that the Lakers are willing are, are comfortable giving him. But that inability to replace him is what changes the nature of this. And by the way, my answer when I was on TV to this was they really do need to re-sign all three. But, mm-hmm. you know, to try to treat this as individuals, the problem with letting Schroeder go is for all the frustration that that Lakers fans had with him, he's he's a he's a good player. He's I mean, a good player. And, and and particularly when guys were out and you know he had stretches where he played extremely well. I know he was disappointing in, in the playoffs. He, had, he was up and down. It was not consistent. But if you think that he, like he's talked about in his uh, exit interviews, is a guy who can be better next year, feel more comfortable, uh, it's a normal season, all that stuff, um, then there's he's better than virtually any free agent you're going to find out there. If you don't like Dennis Schroeder's inefficiency from three-point range, you're not going to like what Spencer Dinwiddie does for you either. Um, you know, So there's a lot of that going on. And if you let Schroeder go and want somebody of a decent caliber, now you have to use your exception, your lar- whatever the largest exception the Lakers end up with, that taxpayer exception, to sign a replacement. Or you have to use trade capital, or you have to use something. And so not only did you let the good player go, you have to use limited capital that you have yeah. to try to replace that player. Yeah, for people and that who may not- is a player that can't be then used to improve the roster. Well, I mean, for people who may not be aware of this, the Lakers, if they let Schroeder walk, they are not going to gain massive cap right. space. You don't get to spend it. 18, right. 20, 22 million dollars yeah, on they, a different player. Right. They are in a lot of ways dealing with what people refer to as the bird rights trap, where on one hand, you get the ability to re-sign a guy, go over the cap using his bird rights. But the flip mm-hmm. side of it is you, depending on the situation with the team, and if if those bird rights were really that important, it speaks to being stuck. And right. they're they're not in a great place with Schroeder. The, the one thing that I would hope could potentially happen with him, and this is something I, I've talked about a lot, is if he is signed to a longer term deal and they've got him locked up and he's got, you know, a number that, as he always says, is fair. Schroeder's always just looking for a fair deal. He, he will remind you of that at least every other day. Um, when asked, he just wants he wants a fair Tasha. <laughs> doesn't have to be a Bergen Tasha, just a fair one. No, I, I think they are one and the same in Dennis Schroeder's <laughs> mind. I, I think I think you can define uh, their Tasha. Even a small but, Tasha will buy you a fair amount of Bergen bags. I think you can define their Tasha about twenty five different ways, and they're all going to look the same. There, it's going to be the same damn bag either way. Yeah, and it's going to be an expensive bag. But what I'm hoping is that they get more flexibility in the way that they can actually use Schroeder mm-hmm. because I think he is better suited for both himself as a player but also for the Lakers to be coming off the bench. I think playing a full year as a starter at times showcased things that he did well. At times, I think showcased some weaknesses. Either way, I don't think it was necessarily always to the the betterment of the team. Mm-hmm. And you know, without having to worry about whether or not starting hurts him on the open market, maybe there's more flexibility that way because you know he came out of the gate saying that he wanted to start. The one thing, though, I think the Lakers do need to be careful about is making they can't allow themselves to hit a number that they truly know is ridiculous simply because they feel like. They're right. pop committed. 
Like at, right. at some point, you just say, well, you know what? We'll, we'll figure out another way. Right. Sure. And you don't want to do something really stupid, but the flip, but you know, and I, I, this is why, you know, this question of money is so intriguing because regardless of how the Lakers do it, they're going to have to spend deep into the luxury tax. And the question really becomes how deep, you know, how much money are they willing to spend to keep the roster around um, LeBron and AD? Cause you know, they've always spent money in the past. Um, and they taught a uh, Rob Polinka said that they have free reign to spend what they need to spend. Now it probably helps them that they just, you know, set up a, a, a deal where, uh, you know, the, the, the sale of the team for one point, whatever it was, $3 billion as Phil Anschutz sells is 27%, which means the team is valued around 5 billion. Uh, mm -hmm. That might make them feel a little more comfortable spending a little extra money. <laughs> I'll tell you um, this much. If Schroeder ultimately gets uh, the ultimate Tashe and gets his $120 million that that uh, his friend he's over not getting, He's not getting that. Well, let's just – I'm sure. just saying. If he gets somewhere between the 100 to 120 that uh, his buddy um, over with the German Basketball Federation says that he right. wants, if I'm Rob Palinka. I'm saying your your ass is getting vaccinated right now. Right now. Like like right now. Like before right. you sign this contract, here's a syringe. Yeah, here is a syringe and we are putting the syringe in your arm for right. 100 Not only that, to we're, we're giving right, we're, we're giving you the booster at the same time. Yeah, yeah, seriously. We're we're but giving I'll, you I'll all say the this. vaccines right now. Right. I I I think that the because I don't think that's too much to ask. No, I, I agree. <laughs> I don't think for 120 million, your ass is getting, you're getting all of it. You're getting all of it. I, yeah, it's it's he's not going to get yeah. that much money. I but believe he's, in freedom, but only to a point. the frustration with him is just that he he didn't do what fans wanted, but he's not terrible, and he wasn't terrible this year. He had a couple, you know, and he and he had a couple terrible games in the playoffs. Um, let's let's look at the THT and Caruso part of it, and then we'll dive into THT and. Um, you know, get to the the revenue thing, uh, if if the gimmickry, if if we can before the end of the show. So here's why I put Caruso in front of THT. It's not because I think Caruso has more um upside, upside than THT. He clearly doesn't. Absolutely not. Um, but I man, I just I just lived through a pandemic. I'm still living through a pandemic. I'm I'm all about next season. <laughs> and if the if the question is, as I interpret it was just for next year, who matters more? I think the answer is still going to be Alex Caruso. Yeah, and I, mean, I, to, I had him number one. So right, I know. Really, so I, mean, I agree with you. So I, I think that um, you know where you know where you put Caruso. Very difficult to project both how much money he's going to make because he really isn't. Uh, an offensive weapon. And I think at this point he's old enough now um, and has been in the league long enough that he kind of is what he is offensively. He could improve a little bit. The shooting percentages could go, but he's not going to morph into, uh, he's not going to have one of these like sort of Kyle Lowry renaissances where like, or whatever. I think he's fairly established at what he is. What he is has a tremendous value to the Lakers. Um, the thing about THT though, as we seg into him, he's, Two or three years younger still than some of the guys that they're going to be looking to draft at 22. THT this year, as a reference point, turns 21 this November. Right. That's this November. Like, yes. uh, what's his name? Uh, Chris Duarte, I think, is from, or you guys are going to learn 
and we'll have people on and we'll make sure the coverage is really good. Andy and I know literally nothing about college basketball. If you played other than like, you know, Cade Cunningham and a couple of these dudes that you just sort of pick up by osmosis. If you played a game with us where half of them were real players and half of them were people you made up, we'd probably lose. Like, is this a real college basketball player? Um, but like, you know, Chris Duarte is somebody that I've been reading about. You have too, Andy, in these mock drafts. He's 24. Yeah. He's four years older and he's in the draft this year. That's how young THT is as a two-year veteran. Um, so if you're looking long-term, I think you mentioned it before, he has tremendous potential value to the Lakers um, given where they are and all those financial things that we were just talking about. So I put him at number three, but he's potentially critically important and like you know like you mentioned and, and have mentioned I think will in the next segment is one of the only guys that has transformative potential for this roster we'll talk about that next locked on Lakers brought to you by built bar the best tasting protein bar ever these are bars covered in 100% chocolate soft easy to chew they are healthy they're great for health conscious people whether you're trying to lose weight but you still want something that tastes awesome they're low calorie they're low sugar high protein high fiber great for people on a keto diet great for people working out brian i was very excited today i did 30 minutes of jumping on our trampoline in the backyard got a little bit of exercise in and you you know you finish that thing off with a built bar and they're more delicious than ever before now they got 12 original flavors like raspberry coconut almond salted caramel banana bread new flavors like cherry barcia lemon almond cheesecake cookies and cream they're perfect for somebody like me a trampoline jumper who also <laughs> loves yeah there there's actually there's a specific bar i, I believe yeah, it's a yeah. lemon almond cheesecake that is specifically i, I know you, you guys have been, you guys have been looking for for a, a bar yeah. that really meets yeah. your needs for a while i'm glad like, you found it the, the built bar people don't talk about this a lot and it may be yeah. because it's not accurate but the lemon almond cheesecake is specifically designed for trampoline Formulated. athletes it's true so if, if, you, if you're like <laughs> trampoline me, athletes like you <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> builtbar.com promo code locked 15 you get 15 percent off your first order again Promo code LOCKED15 for the first 15% off BuiltBar.com. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, it's in full swing. Trampoline season, it's in full swing. <laughs> yes, it full is. bounce, I believe, is really the better way to put that. Get all your latest nudes. Uh, nudes. <laughs> all your latest nudes. <laughs> What? Get all your latest news, odds, and info for your sporting <laughs> needs. And before so before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the information that you need. Uh, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs or their bounces <laughs> to the playoffs. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. Again, a 50% off bonus when you use on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Bet the over the nude, Brian. I, <laughs> for all of your nudes, I don't. I was just thrown off because it, it, every once in a while, I'm a, I've been around a lot of special athletes, Andy. Mm -hmm. But every once in a while, when you when you talk about the trampoline thing, I know I, I know. put it out of my mind normally because I can't do the show otherwise. It's I know. too hard. I know. I mean, it's it's got to be pretty impressive, and it like is. a little bit. Know, it's it intimidating, is. I'm sure, in a lot of ways. It makes you feel 
like you settled in deeply, life. You, deeply inadequate. There's right. No I mean, you, there, there was a lot that you could have done with your life. And every time you think about, you know, maybe I, I'm, I'm on the right track, I'm doing some good things. Mm-hmm. You just, you see a video, you know, that's gone viral of me jumping on that trampoline. Just, he's still bouncing. Yeah. There he goes. Yeah. I mean, I, if, if I, again, if I just get the right combination of built bars and maybe just you know, a good break, I could be going to the equivalent of, of the trampoline championships. A reminder today on the road to the finals. The trampoline playoffs coverage <laughs> brought to you by Michelob Bolter. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs, 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little more this season. Andy, the only tramps I'm interested in are the ones who hitch rides on trains. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> do they still do that? <laughs> they may, but nobody calls them trans. <laughs> not not, call not since they... the heyday of Charlie Chaplin do right. I think they were referred to that way. I, but that's when baseball was two words. Um, all right. So we were talking about... I thought you were uh, traveling down a very misogynistic road there. What the hell are you no, Do they prefer hobo? Is that, is, that is that the preferred term? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, it's it's the off season. Um, so what what is interesting about THD? I put him at third in that in that list, but there is nobody I think available to the Lakers that they can sign that they can you know certainly within sort of in house so to speak that has the potential to transform kind of the window the championship window that we talk about with this team as much as he does because if he becomes a legitimate i don't even talk about star all-star whatever that would be spectacular if tht becomes a legitimate high-end rotation guy high-end starter you know uh all-star adjacent whatever it is that makes it so i mean all of a sudden that's found money i mean all the other stuff the lakers can do all the other you know, players, stars that they have, draft picks, role players, guys they can attract. That it, it enhances what they have to a level that nobody else has the potential to do. I'm not saying he's going to do it. I'm just saying he's the only guy there who could. The comparison I've made, Brian, a few times is the leap that Andrew Bynum took during his third season. And, and I think there's actually some commonalities between the two as we look ahead to Taylor Horton Tucker's third season. Both entered the league, like we talked about before, extremely young. They were both considered projects of sorts, but with a lot of obvious potential. One was a lottery pick, and the other one was drafted in the second round. But still, they were both seen as guys that would take some time to get going, but that the organization really was very high on, even in their most raw stages. They both showed flashes during the first two seasons, and you could see them developing into a valuable NBA player, but they weren't there yet in terms of being able to contribute in a meaningful way to a true contender. And both of them, to a point you're making earlier, Brian, were really the only trade assets the Lakers had that teams around the league could be interested in, in ways that weren't as much about just balancing cap numbers. So like, is THT poised for that type of leap with Bynum? Like it's hard to right, and, and, I, and I would argue he's not quite on the same level as a actually, prospect as Bynum was. Actually, I don't know, man. I I went back and looked at Bynum's numbers for the first two years and the way he was being utilized, his minutes per game. They're closer than I think you might realize. Mm-hmm. But either way, though, 
it's difficult to definitively bet on a leap like that with THT, but at the same time, Bynum did not look poised for that same leap either. Yeah. You know, and I, and I say this as somebody who was very high on Bynum from basically minute one of his rookie year, but I thought it would take about year right. five. It's, it's, not the, it's not that people didn't think he was going to be good. It's that people didn't think he was going to be good yet. Right, but I mean, uh, remember, and Kobe that offseason right. said ship his ass to New Jersey for Jason Kidd. So I don't think I don't think – Anybody in the organization right. thought it was coming that season. That's that's like the pie in the sky mm-hmm. version of what the organization hopes happen with THT. But if he can be somewhere between what we saw this season, which at times those flashes were really yeah. Impressive. Let's let's do that. Let's talk about it because like the, the 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 potential that you're talking about is why. Um, and we'll we'll get into it a little bit more. You know, THT's contract. You know the, the the challenge in signing THT is if some team thinks that he really is going to become a star caliber player, they can back essentially backload his contract and make it very difficult for the Lakers to match um, without getting too deep into the sort of arcane salary cap stuff. That's basically the the, the dilemma. Um, how did how do you think he played? Because there was a there was a stretch at the beginning of the year, especially where people were like, "Oh crap, he's playing way too well." He's absolutely going to get some sort of poison pill deal. He's somebody's going to steal him away from the Lakers. There's no way they can afford. Do you, I don't think he kept up that momentum. He did hit a little bit of a wall. The league adjusted, adjusted, and they started getting more seriously and stuff like that. How, how would you evaluate the way he played over the course of the entire year? Yeah, I, I was looking through some of his numbers, and if you look at his percentages in terms of shooting, you know, from the field. They're down overall from what he did his rookie year. And, you know, granted in a much smaller sample size, but pretty much everywhere around the court where they're talking about at the rim, whatever, they're down some. And I think it's reflective of what you're saying. He's, he's on scouting reports more. P- teams are paying more attention to him. Right. It's not, it's it's not just garbage time. Right. It's, when he, it's, he, yeah. It's easier for experienced coaches to make adjustments for him than it is for a young player to adjust to those adjustments. One thing, though, that I really did like looking at THT's numbers is his assists almost doubled per 36, while his turnovers stayed basically the same from last season. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're a bit higher than you'd want, but he's young. Like It's fine. But he had more playmaking responsibility and didn't get crazy wild over it. And that, that to me, was a good sign There were times when he was really used as a primary ball handler for the Lakers. Yes. He had had a lot more responsibility. One of the upsides, I think, of this season um, was, you know, to all the injuries, is is that he his development was accelerated, his responsibility was accelerated. You know, the the, he played far higher leverage minutes Mm -hmm. um, more consistently this year than he did as a rookie. Um, you know, the, even some of the playoff minutes notwithstanding. But I, I just – the eyeball tests and analytics and all that stuff, he sure looks like a guy who at the very least can be a legit NBA scorer. Yeah, he, he could get tunnel – I was going to say, he can sometimes get tunnel vision as a scorer, and I think he, he needs to add more dimension to the way he scores because he, he starts to become, I think, predictable. In terms of the way that you looked at the basically, needs be, he needs to be a he needs a better jumper, right? At every stage along the uh, on the way to the basket, he needs a better right, mid range exactly. jumper, he needs a better three pointer, all that stuff. And, you know, and to his credit, actually, I remember at his exit interview, I, I asked THT about what it what it was like for him to 
basically have the game slow down a bit, but then in turn, you know, recognize the way teams are defending him. And he said, like, he he realized they were always defending me to go to the basket. So mm-hmm. at times he was able to counter that. At times he wasn't as successful. But either way, he's learning. And and I do think as a playmaker, he he was not nearly as tunnel visioned or I think at times out of control as he could be as a scorer. And then defensively, there's a lot of potential there. And one thing I really liked about him is the effort is there as well. I mean, you can he can be a liability. I mean, I, I'm I will go out on a limb and say on his scouting report, it just has in huge capital letters back cut him right. like just back cut back cut that. Yeah. yeah, like you know, if he is guarding you off ball move, he won't find you. I mean, you know, he would lose guys constantly whether you're talking about with rotations or just He's yeah. supposed to be keeping track of somebody he doesn't. NBA defense is really, right. really hard. But he's not. But the thing is, though, he's not indifferent to defense. I would agree. I, 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 he just has a lot to learn. And who about. was it? Who we were talking about uh, talking to that that where we asked that question about Kuzma as a template, not you know for the, you know for a career path, but just as defensive improvement. Like I forget which which guy which show that was, but. And and I think that is a reasonable thing because Kuz, who was awful oh my when God. he came to the league defensively, just awful, um, has improved a great deal because in part because he cared. He's got some of the physical tools that you need, and there's certain things he's not great at, but he cares and he's mm-hmm. try and he tries. And, and you know, the, a willingness to learn how to do it uh, is is important. So if you know if THT becomes an average defender and an above average offensive player, again, it's found money. Um, for the Lakers, I just, I, I, the, the enthusiasm, I, people love to make fun of Lakers fans and I get it and all that stuff. Um, the enthusiasm that Lakers fans have for THT is legit because when he would play, um, once or twice a game, when he would have extended minutes, similar, like you said, to Andrew Bynum, once or twice a game, when he would have extended minutes, you go like, Oh, that was ooh, like, mm-hmm. that's not something a 20 year old does. Um, so you know, just, you know, I, actually, it's funny. I'd, I'd never yeah. thought about this comparison before, but in terms of rookie commonalities between Bynum and THT, they mm-hmm. both had these like definitive, oh, okay, moments as rookies, or you know, when they were really tested with Bynum, it was that matchup he had against Shaq. Remember right. when uh, Chris, both yeah. Chris Mim and Kwame Brown got into foul trouble, and Phil Jackson very reluctantly put Bynum out there and he was matched up against Shaq. Shaq posterized him in, in a way that literally I, I it felt like you were watching it was, like the it roof. Was, it, it felt like you were watching the roof. It was almost child abuse. Yeah. It, it was like watching the roof was. collapse on a puppy or something. Like it was, it was almost horrific to, to see play out in front of you. Like Bynum almost like just crumbled, like literally like crumbled because of the, the force of this. Next trip down, Kobe fed him, and I think fed him intentionally because mm-hmm. I think he wanted to see how Drew would specifically react to this. And then Drew did the spin move, had that dunk, totally faked by uh, Shaq out, got really excited, gave uh, Shaq a bit of a, an elbow. Shaq <laughs> retaliated with that forearm shiver. But that was a testing moment for Bynum, and he passed really well. THT in the playoffs last year unexpectedly Got that run either against Portland or Houston. I don't remember which one, 
but nobody really expected it, and he played really well. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's another commonality between those guys. If you want to think yeah. about Bynum's path and what could be there with THD, um, let's let's save either uh, let's save the uh, the 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 gimmickry the NBA gimmickry either for tomorrow's show or perhaps for the uh, YouTube channel Locked On Lakers on YouTube where you can go get some uh, exclusive content there. So we'll do that. I do want to let everybody know a hobo, uh, as defined by Wikipedia, <laughs> is a migrant worker or homeless vagrant especially one who is impoverished. The term originated in the Western, probably Northwestern U.S. around 1890. Unlike a tramp who only works when forced to, I guess that's, we're tramps in that regard, and a bum. <laughs> Are we all tramps, really? Or a bum who does not work at all. A hobo is a traveling worker. So let's not degrade the work ethic of hobos i guess hobos are traveling workers tramps only work when forced to and bums don't work at all there you go huh. um i i don't know that i did not know that either i i i am i'm kind of excited by that that is courtesy of wikipedia um all right again lock on lakers on youtube uh spotify green room 11 o'clock this week on friday 11 o'clock pacific uh, make sure you send us notes, Cam Brothers on Twitter, Brothers at gmail.com, uh, all that stuff. Leave a five-star review on iTunes, however you want to do it. We'll see you next time.